Hello and welcome to the Yellow Podcast. I'm Dee. I'm Ash. We believe that Brent is a vibrant, culturally diverse community filled to the brim with stories and talent. The Yellow Podcast aims to shine a spotlight and give a voice to members of our community. On today's podcast, we have Krupesh Hirani, who's a London Assembly member for Brent and Harrow. He's a born and bred in Brent. Yay. Welcome, Krupesh. I'm going to start. First question to you is, tell us one thing that you love about your role. I think one of the main things about my role is that I get to speak to and meet local communities and Brent and Harrow, both the boroughs I represent, we have such a diverse community. Um, For me, it's a bit easier uh, in a way because I grew up in the area and I've worked in the area, so I've been in the area all my life. It's, It's my passion. And when I'm speaking to and meeting different communities, and this this changes as time goes on because we get newly emerging communities. Uh, so the communities that I grew up with um, are very different to what we're seeing today uh, in Brent uh, and, and Harrow as well. So over the last few years, you've seen a big increase in, for example, the Eastern European population uh, across where we live and also at the different waves of refugees and migrants that come mm-hmm. through. So last few years, uh, Syrian refugees... Uh, in particular, and it's just about learning about different cultures and communities. And it, to me, it just feels like you've got the whole world in this one place. Mm. How beautiful is that, though? Amazing. And, uh, you know, just, you know, even growing up in the area, you know, we felt we lived in in very diverse communities, but actually it gets, uh, it, it changes as, as time mm. evolves and gets even better. And also just seeing um, sort of what you're seeing around, you know, families settling in Brent, younger families coming into the area as well. It's constantly evolving and changing uh, and changing the area as well. So what? So what is the most important lesson you've learned from your role? I think to embrace change. And I'll give you an example of um, something that I just came across recently. Um, I mean, Wembley Park has changed genuinely, uh, definitely over the last uh, five to 10 years. And I went to school in Preston Manor, which is just around the corner from where all this development is happening. And you get friends who sort of move out of the area and come back in uh, as well. And just sort of on my personal social media, you see your friends and family coming to Wembley Park and enjoying what there is to to offer in terms of uh, culture. You've got the Box Park, you've got um, things to do here, which we didn't have uh, growing up and people, you know, when you see on their sort of Instagram stories, I'm back here in Brent, in Wembley. I can't believe this is the area I grew up in and and what change there has been uh, in the area. And for me, that's just about, you know, embracing the change. Things things do change. Um, not, to, not sometimes always for the better, sometimes for the worse, but actually... Um, let's let's make the best of what we what we have, uh, and also the opportunities that are that they are, because there are a lot of opportunities here locally. Mm. When you when you're talking about Brent, and you know, I really feel your passion. I really feel how you've grown up here and how what it means to you. What does Brent mean to you? And I'm gonna, it's a two part question. What I don't know if you can say, but what is your favourite part of Brent? I think, well. I'm going to be biased here because I, I grew up in Neasden, so that's that's where I am, and it's changing even as we uh, as we speak as well. So I think locally, that's that's my favourite park, and I live in an area which is sort of in between two major green spaces that people don't know about a lot. So uh, where I am, I've got Gladstone Park um, on one side, uh, and if I walk the other distance. Uh, towards a North Circular Road, I've got the Welsh Harp uh, and Easton Recreation Ground. 
And just, I think lockdown has probably played a part in it. But if you just go down to the Welsh Harp and the Neeson um, Recreation Ground and you see the reservoir, you see all this water, you know, the sun coming down at five, six o'clock um, and families there by the water watching the sun go down. Uh, it's right on our doorstep. And I think some of the green spaces that we have uh, in the area, I think, are maybe underappreciated, maybe not known about and actually um, hidden gems, I call mm, them. Very true. It's funny, we had a similar conversation where we talked about um, Preston, I'm looking at D. Preston was? Park. Preston Park. We've got Woodcock Park as well, yeah, which is really nice. And King Eddie's, which King is uh, where Ash Park. Yeah. Um, runs in quite regularly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. We do have some uh, really nice green spaces. Um, yeah, and I'll tell you about a moment, actually. I met Ash uh, during lockdown. I was running uh, through the park and he was out there as well with, uh, with his son. And I think um, what it did in a way is, I think, people explored mm. um, those green spaces a lot more because it's really important, especially for mental well-being um, and physical activity as well because one thing you were allowed to do was, was exercise. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There was a part eight in my question, which is what is Brent to you? Um, Brent, I mean, it's it's what made me. So you you, you can't really forget where you, where you come from. Um, and it's great to see sort of inspiring stories, particularly in the last couple of years uh, about people who've come from Brent. Uh, you know, there's the example of Raheem Sterling. Uh, there's this whole thing during um, uh, the major, the last two major football tournaments about, you know, boy from Brent, hashtag. Uh, and then also there's a moment, I think, during the Queen's Jubilee, um, I don't know if you came across it, where Doc Brown uh, did a series about, um, he had a piece in uh, one of the, uh, one of the shows as part of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, which was all about Brent, basically. Wow. And seeing how, actually, Brent as a borough has made people and has made, um, you know, the successful stories out of out of the borough, uh, I think that's that's the favourite bit for, for me about Brent, is that our story is beginning uh, to have a spotlight on the borough and people know more about it than before. Great. Well, you know what? So far, it's been so nice to hear your story and how um, you've kind of grown up in the area. Um, I think I'd like to know how you would engage young people in in Brent and with all the initiative that initiatives that Brent has to offer. I think it's it's about going to their interests because I think too often I think people or organisations have ideas. Um, that they want to sort of, you know, they think is a great idea, but then when you relate back to young people, uh, it's, you know, not what they relate to today. So I think actually it needs to come from the ground up and working with young people, um, you know, from the beginning, uh, just to make sure that they have, you know, what what is there uh, for them going forward. And uh, we worked on something, um, actually, when Brent was a borough of culture in uh, 2020, and we had a group called the Blueprint Collective, uh, and one of the projects uh, was called Seen and Heard, where young people worked with developers, basically, uh, because there was this big, let's say, stigma around development, but also a misunderstanding or um, a lack of communication, maybe, about you know what it is that young people wanted out of development or new spaces. And this project put the two together, basically, uh, and got young people to actually design the spaces uh, so that, you know, going forward, there's a there's a blueprint, uh, if you like, and there's a, a way of working between developers and young people 
about how can they design spaces so that they're welcoming and used by young people in the first place and so that people don't view young people negatively as well. So it's not always about, you know, people hanging around in the corner, not up to no good or whatever, but actually changing that perception uh, and putting it in a positive light. Mm. And that project is alive in Wembley Park. So that, yeah. that actually happened at Blueprint, it happened at the Yellow. So it was lovely to see that interaction with young people and developers and, and starting from inception to completion. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it should be there for, you know, something that all organisations can take forward across the country. Why can't it be replicated elsewhere? Just coming off the back of that, um, a lot of feedback that we get and a lot, uh, a common question that we're asked is um, why there isn't more youth community spaces in Brent? I think you've got to ask the question about what activities are there for, for young people because I think equally important to the spaces is the activities that, that there are available for young people. Um, you know, as a, as a young people growing, as a young person who grew up in, the, well, as someone who grew up in the borough, um, if there were youth services around near me or a centre, would it be something that I would have want to go to? Because I, I was more of an outdoorsy person um, growing up. And I think the question is more about what can we do? How can we improve the activities that are available to young people and then find the spaces or find the avenue uh, to deliver that afterwards? And it probably goes back to that point I made about working at the grassroots level with young people to ask them what is it they want. Um, if it's a space they want, that's that's great. And how can we work with them to, to achieve that? But if it's certain activities or certain um, things that they want um, and that they're passionate about, why don't we support them to achieve whatever that goal or outcome is? Uh, I think sometimes we can get caught up a bit on providing a, a centre or a building or, or without actually thinking about what services we want to put in it or what activities we want to put in it, which is probably uh, a, a more important question. Uh, it's been very difficult, I think, for, for councils um, in the last... 12 to, to 13 years, you've had their funding cut quite a lot. So uh, the um, you know the funding or the leeway to do that isn't isn't as great as it as it used to be. Um, but actually, there's a plug. Uh, there is a gap that's being plugged um, by the mayor of London, for example, who's got a fund called the Young Londoners Fund, uh, which is being morphed into something called Propel, which is about funding local initiatives uh, where actually the community groups themselves put a bid or proposal for an activity and then they will fund uh, depending on what, what the bid is. So that just makes it a bit more free-flowing uh, and also makes it a bit more flexible about what can be funded. Um, so it's not necessarily about the buildings or centres itself. Some organisations that bid for the money have buildings already, but how can we make sure that the activities and the young people are supported? Mm. And I mean, just to add on to that, I think it's really important that we get young people to discuss what those, it's not like what we used to grow up, those activities have changed, you know, there should be more animation, there should be more film projects, there should be stuff that people can decide what they want, and we can only get that narrative from young people. Thank you. So if I was to give you a magic wand today, and you could bring one big change to Brent, what would that change be? I think, well... The immediate issue is cost of living and all, all, all the kind of troubles that, that um, and difficulties that people people are facing. So I think you know, things straight away is actually make make life easier for for people by either bringing the cost of everything down or the income of of, of people up. Um, it's it's both really. 
Um, because there is, uh, you know, there are sort of immediately, there's, there are people um, struggling. Um, so I think, but in the long term, I think it's, it's about putting Brent as a borough on the map and putting it out there. And one of the things that we've, we've always seen uh, or, or people feel um, when they think about Brent is they might know about Wembley, they might know about Kilburn, they might know about all the different bits of Brent, but what is our collective story as a, uh, as a borough uh, and as an area and as a community? And how can we, moving forward, uh, you know, looking at all the divisions that there are in, in, you know, across the country, society, how can we embrace and bring our different cultures and communities together? I think we do a good job in, uh, in Brent. We don't have, um, you know, some of, a lot of the social tensions that a lot of other areas uh, have, not just around the, the country, but around the world. Um, but how can we uh, take that further and actually highlight you know, this is happening in our borough, this is our story. And it's a place that actually people around the world should be looking to. Mm, definitely. I just wanted to add to that. I do think growing up here with the different cultures and diversity, we, we I wouldn't say we take it for granted, but it comes naturally to us. And and it's, it's just a nice way to grow up. And then when you go to other places where there are those divisions, it's hard for us to understand that. I think so. I don't know what you feel about that. Yeah, 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 I think so. And, uh, you know, we, you know, as humans, as individuals, we have... Uh, we have more in, in common, um, and especially if you're, you know, if you're growing up in these communities, um, you know, there's there's something that we we've always said around Brent. You know, no no one in Brent is like another person in in Brent. Everyone has their own different uh, perspective, but but has their own story uh, about how they've come to the, uh, come to the borough or have grown up or lived in the borough. Um, and as I said um, at the beginning, I think of this podcast was about how the population is always constantly evolving uh, and how new new migrants, new communities are always coming in uh, to the borough. I think one of the good things about Brent is that if you look at sort of the, the demographics and the different communities, there's no sort of single community that, that dominates, which is, is something that you get in some other areas. It's pretty much in terms of population statistics and different communities pretty much sort of level, uh, which just... Um, yeah, I think in terms of social cohesion mm. uh, and learning about all the different communities, it's um, yeah, it's 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 obviously something that uh, will bring people together and get, get those different experiences around uh, around the table. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Could you tell our listeners what kind of books shaped you uh, growing up, and if you could recommend a book and why you would recommend that book? Okay, so I'm uh, I'm less keen on uh, on fiction. Uh, so it was always sort of biographies that I uh, that, that I read mm. and uh, sporting biographies in particular because growing up I was just a mad uh, football fan, and it's just about you know finding out about different people's experiences and uh, how they have become the person that that they have. So this is uh, so, so one that comes to mind, uh, and it's probably one of the earliest point biographies I, I read was uh, from Roy Keane, who was a Manchester United, very successful Manchester United footballer. Nice, so you're um, a Manchester United fan. We breaking like my heart. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and um, so he was he was the captain of, uh, of the team during the golden era, if you like, but looking at his sort of story from coming from Ireland to the United Kingdom, uh, but actually, um, it's it, you know it was pretty 
brutal the way that he uh, he was a leader of of a dressing room as as such um but finding out about you know the backstory about what made a team successful uh, i think it's something that um yeah just, just stuck with me mm. is there anything from that book that you've taken or feel that you can apply in your role yeah i think it, it's it's definitely the teamwork aspect um, and, you know, there, there's always this, uh, it, it's, it applies to all sports, I think. No one is bigger than the team. And even actually, so if you look at Roy Keynes, it was the end of his footballing career, at, despite being a, a, a successful footballer at Manchester United and still um, playing on. Um, he had to, you know, be kicked out of the team because essentially no, he, no he felt himself he was bigger than the team. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting choice because I just felt that he he had a vision and he was a leader and he was comfortable being that leader within that. And he knew it was more than he could fill that shoe and not many people could, you know. Yeah, and it was, it was just being part of a highly successful, driven atmosphere, which, yeah, mm. uh, I, I think when you, you know, if you're taking your, your own place into perspective within that, you know, sometimes it's good to look from, from the outside in mm. um, just so that, you know, you might be part of something that that's very you know, lots of things happening around you, but actually, it's good to take a step back sometimes and just look and see, you know, how can you improve? What can you do better? So, coming up to our last question now. So, if you could go back, Krupesh, to your eighteen-year-old self, what advice would you give yourself then? I think, in, you know, the experiences that you that you take on, I think just just enjoy it because, you know, life is short uh, and. I think sometimes, uh, you know, I, I got elected um, quite early on in my in my career. Um, uh, so uh, it was, uh, I think I was 24 when I was first elected to, to the local council. Uh, and if I think about that that time, uh, sort of leading up to it and uh, what, I've, what I've been doing since, I think if I look back at sort of what I've achieved in my role at, you know, when I was a councillor in Brent Council um, and sort of where I am today, you know, it 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 does make you remember about you know savoring the moments and uh, being there and celebrating your your successes as well because quite often you finish something and you move on to the next uh, next thing without really uh, looking and thinking okay I did uh, I, I did something good or I did something well. Mm. It's very good advice. I think as an eighteen year old, if you think back, you are always chasing your tail, and it's nice to I like the way you worded it by saying staying present and enjoying that moment. You know, mm. and actually, it's, it's this moment that we only really have. Absolutely, um, that was very philosophical. Yeah. Well, thank you, Krupesh, for coming. And we know you're super busy, so we really appreciate that you've given your time to us, and um, it's been really informative. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for having me, and also uh, looking forward to hearing all the other uh, people you've interviewed for for your podcast thank as well. Thank you for opening up. It re I really felt that you've opened up and sh shared a little bit about your journey and how you feel about Brent. Thank you. Thank you.